G'day friends, I'm Anissa Hill and welcome to the Move to Costa Rica podcast. Here we tell the stories of people who have done just that, Move to Costa Rica. This week in episode 21, we chat to 61-year-old Canadian Yves Millet. Yves reflects on why he was always destined to end up in Latin America, his fascination with Costa Rican wildlife, and why learning Spanish has enriched both his daily life and his friendships. If you'd like to watch the video of this episode, go to YouTube and subscribe to the Move to Costa Rica podcast. Before we dive in, remember new episodes are released every Thursday. Head to www.movetocostaricapodcast.com. Without any further delay, here is your host, Malcolm Hill. G'day friends and welcome to the Move to Costa Rica podcast. My name is Malcolm Hill and I'm going to be your host. Today I have with me, uh, I'm going to get him to pronounce his full name correctly, but around here everybody knows him as Pepito. So Pepito, can you explain your full name <laughs> with the correct accent and how did you get that nickname? <laughs> Actually, uh, my name is Eve Pepito Mallet. And Pepito actually came when my daughter got pregnant some time ago. And she had asked me uh, what was the name I preferred that, you know, our grandchild would call me. And I'd said Peper, which is grandpa in French. And she said, oh, no, that's so old fashioned you got to find something else. And I always wanted to be a pepper in my life. So I came up with Pepito, which actually means uh, little grandpa. And she thought that was pretty cool. And then what happened is that in Costa Rica, during my experience in Costa Rica, a lot of like the local people have a hard time pronouncing Eve. So I started saying, just call me Pepito. And then it grew. And then to the point that now I'm using it in my business, I'm using it in the, you know, uh, my social life. And, but a lot of Costa Ricans actually found that Pepito was sort of like funny. And so when they would ask me, so what is your name? I'd say Pepito. And then they would start laughing. And I'm like, okay, so why is it that it's so funny? And then I realized somebody told me one day, a Costa Rican told me that actually, if you go on YouTube, there's an adult, um, uh, sort of like humor adult show. Adult performer. <laughs> yes, and his name is actually Pepito, and uh, the only thing he does is tells uh, adult stories. So uh, it's pretty funny, and but I, you know, it's stuck to me now, and it's there, and I think it's there to stay. But I'm really enjoying it. That's a great story. That's the, that's one of the best nickname stories I've ever heard. And uh, I didn't know it had that double meaning here in Costa Rica, but um, uh-huh. but nah, good. That's good. Well, we're going to get into kind of uh, a bit of your heritage because I, I would really like to hear a bit more of, of kind of your your life history. So I know very little about the French speaking parts of Canada. And I'm wondering, uh, obviously, I want to hear a bit of your history of, of where you grew up, but also if there's any differences between English-speaking and French-speaking Canadians. 
Um, yeah, I was actually born like a lot of people because I speak French. They think I'm born in the the, the Francophone province of Canada, which is Quebec. And actually, that's actually wrong. I was actually born in Ontario, which is an English-speaking province. But in the north of the province is actually like a huge or a bigger Francophone population, if I could say. So I'm sort of like a weird species <laughs> from Canada because I'm a Francophone from outside of Quebec. And so I've was born from uh, a Quebec descendant heritage in Northern Ontario, which is uh, like an English speaking province. So I was born with both languages really uh, and speaking and learning to speak both, uh, even though I have a very strong Francophone accent, uh, I was born speaking both languages and I've learned, I actually started learning Spanish when I was in, in high school and I'm still learning Spanish as we speak today. Eves, you grew up in, uh, in a little place called Timmins, I think, Ontario. Timmins, Ontario. I, Timmins, Ontario. I had a look on Google Maps and, mate, it looks like that place is really far north. I mean, how cold does it actually get there? Yeah, I'm just thinking about it now. I'm getting goosebumps. Uh, yeah, Timmins is about 400 uh, like miles north of Toronto. It's a, it's a northern community. It's a mining community. It's a lumber community. Uh, my dad was actually uh, in the lumber industry. And so I've lived in Timmins a good chunk of my life until about maybe 15 years ago. And then moved to Quebec uh, after I've met uh, Carolyn, who is my, my wife now. And then we ended up eventually coming to Costa Rica. So, but Timmins, Ontario is, is a worker's town. It's a mining town. It's a lumber town. Um, and the winter there actually starts probably like now in, you know, October, November. Uh, it gets pretty cool and cold. And then pretty pretty much until the month of May and June. So it's six months of cold. Like, I mean, like cold with a capital C. <laughs> and the best way to survive in a community like that is to sort of like learn to appreciate winter sports. So if you're into snowmobiling and horseshoe and ice fishing, that kind of stuff, you will survive Northern Ontario. But to be honest with you, uh, my interest set was totally different. <laughs> it's probably one of the reasons why I ended up leaving eventually. The fact that you lived so much of your life in in Timmins in northern Ontario, were you were you a traveler at that stage? Were you someone who was who was who was getting out all the time and exploring other parts of the world and then heading back to the small town? Yeah, that's pretty much it. And, you know, uh, I was always looking forward to my next holiday. So even like with Carolyn. So we were very early on in love with Mexico. I just loved the culture over there. It was so vibrant, so colorful, so everything. So I started learning Spanish. And I'm like I said, I'm still learning. Um, and because I don't know, I think it was meant in my life at some point, like, when, when, we actually, when I actually told my children we were going to eventually move to Costa Rica, they were like, ah, we're not absolutely not surprised about it. It was written in the sky that that would happen someday. Um, so 
I was always like interested in traveling, always interested in like uh, visiting South America, Central America, people, you know. So I would do like one trip and then I would immediately plan the next one. And it was probably one of the ways to sort of like get out of this depressive <laughs> climate, uh, <laughs> climate of, of Northern Ontario. So always looking forward to the next, uh, next holiday. And then eventually, um, you know, Costa Rica popped up. You and Carolyn, when you were living in Quebec, obviously you, you left a small town up north and moved further south to Quebec. From, from when you moved to the city, that would have been a drastic change in the pace of life. And was that where the roots of living in Latin America kind of began? What happened is that, um, yeah, you're right. We were living actually in a Montreal suburb. Uh, but the one thing that was really important for us is to have an environment where there were actually a lot of trees. And we actually bought a piece of land to build a house. And the one thing that we wanted to have were trees in the back. So even though we were <laughs> in, in, a, a, you know, in, in a denser population, and that's what we did, actually. So we bought this little piece of land. We built a brand new house there. So we had like natural trees in the back. So that was pretty cool. And actually what happened is that you know, we would go to um, Mexico uh, for a holiday every year. And one day we're sitting on the beach in Mexico and we're thinking, wow, wouldn't that be like really interesting to, we had met some expats over there. So if, you know, it was like, if they can do it, why can't we, um, why not? And so we're sitting on the beach and like, ah, oh, yeah, we could, we could do this. Um, and then we went back with, boom, let's do it. Um, and that's sort of like how it happened. And then the next day we're on the computer, start looking at Mexico, business opportunities. Um, what is it that we could do type of thing? And we started looking at business opportunities in Mexico until uh, I hit on the page and then it brings me for some reason to Costa Rica. And honestly, I knew nothing about Costa Rica. I knew it wasn't an island, never been here, didn't know nothing about Costa Rica. And we actually fell on a property that we like thought was really interesting, it was like, wow. And then I started looking at Costa Rica and then, wow, oh, happiest people in the planet. Oh, wow, <laughs> like people live, you know, like a longer than a lot of other, you know, communities. Oh, wow, no army. Oh, wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. So we fell in love with Costa Rica and never been here. Just through the internet. That's the power of the internet, Eves, <laughs> is it can, it can push you on this path to finding something you didn't even know you wanted. <laughs> exactly. And that was it. And that was it for Mexico. And then we jumped on the plane. Uh, actually, I jumped on the plane because this property, we had an interest in this property. So I, I jumped on the plane, came to Costa Rica, and actually ended up in Playa del Coco in the area in Guanacaste here. And I was here for only like three days. And I took like a, uh, an unapproved holiday from work. And I, nobody knew actually where I was and what I was doing. I was here like secretly visiting Costa Rica. And when I went back to Canada, I said to Carolyn, wow, wow, wow. You know, I mean, that's where we have to go. And then maybe a month or two later, came down with Car Carolyn. And then we actually like, Came down to Costa Rica probably eight times in two years. Wow. Doing our due diligence and exploring the country, going all across the country, north, south, mountains, all over the place to try to figure out what is it exactly that we wanted to do. Absolutely. And you know what, Malcolm, after two years doing that, I mean, we were so fascinated by Costa Rica, we still had no clue where we wanted to go. <laughs> we just wanted to be everywhere. 
I, I'm sure you get the question quite often, like, what's your favorite place in Costa Rica or what's your favorite beach? And it's like, there's like a thousand beaches and about 900 of them are really nice. Like, yes, and, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you a favorite. <laughs> uh, I don't have a favorite. I think it all depends on the mood. And that's, that's what I love about Costa Rica is the diversity. So, you know, if someday you feel like you want to go to a surf beach, it's there. If you want something more quiet, more intimate is there. If you want to go to a, like a really remote beach, you want to go swim naked, you could do it. I mean, it's all there. It, it, this is the beauty of this paradise. Which year did you guys actually make the, the move permanently here to Costa Rica? Uh, we actually moved to Costa Rica in 2014. You mentioned uh, your, your kids were pretty, they, they were understanding. They were like, yeah, that's dad's thing. And what, what about your friends? Yeah, people, I think people figured it out at some point. So it wasn't a surprise for anybody. Uh, it wasn't a surprise for everybody. What I found, though, to be honest, like uh, as an experience, it was sort of like strange because I think it really does change your life in a way. And there's a lot of people, there's a lot of uh, friends we had or social you know, people that we knew. And when we told them that we were moving to Costa Rica, actually, like, 100% of the people say, yeah, 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 we're going to, you know, we're going to be there. Uh, actually, it did happen in some ways and other ways not. And it was a bit of a strange, I think, experience because a lot of the people I thought were the first ones to come never came. Other people that we never thought would come did come. And our social, how can I say that in English, like the, um, the, 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 the friend, the, the, the friends associations or the friends reaction to, to us moving, the dynamic was not exactly what I thought. Let's put it this way. So some friends uh, are still friends, but not as close. And other friends, you know, uh, have been created by the experience. Of course. And, and have became now probably our closest friends. So I think you sort of like have to let go a little bit and just let the life spat. You know, I think that's normal probably for most expats. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Eves, you have friends from like a lot of the different demographics here in Plaza del Coco. And, the, and what I mean by that is like there's French Canadians, there's English speaking expats, there's Spanish speaking Costa Ricans, there's Italians, uh, there's a lot of Russians here and lots of other cultures as well. What do you think, Costa, why do you think Costa Rica appeals to so many different nationalities? I think Costa Rica appeals to so many people is because of what Costa Rica has to offer. One of the things I, I'm finding is that it's easy, in my opinion, it's easy to make friends in Costa Rica because I find that most of the people who actually move here, we have a common, what, a common link or a common yeah, I, I, we, we often have like common motivations as to why Costa Rica was somewhere we wanted to live. And doing this podcast has definitely made that stand out to me. Like yep. most of the people I get to do these interviews with now, I'm like, 
you know, I get along with them really well because I'm like, yeah, I can relate to all of those feelings because a lot of them, you know, were feelings I had too. Exactly. Um, and I sorry think I cut you off, mate. Yeah. No, that's fine. And I think that's, um, that's why I think it's easy. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, what, um, what the nationality is because we have these common interests on nature or changing the rhythm of life or an open mind, I think, to, to the world. And, and you know what? I think a lot of it is Costa Ricans are like that also. Costa Ricans, I think, are very open-minded people. They're open to cultures. They're open to learning things. And I think that sort of like reflects on the communities and that makes us feel good here and they feel good with us and we feel good with them. I really believe that. Like what are the things about the Costa Rican way of life that really stand out to you as things that you like and have somewhat tried to incorporate into your life? Yeah, I like the way you asked the question, somewhat try to incorporate in our life. Because what I find is that we come in with these ideals, um, and but we also come in with some traditional ways of life, like especially us North Americans, you know, rhythm of life and working and doing this and doing that and boom, boom, boom. And we all come down with, oh, I'm going to live the Pura Vida life. Um, and so... Between the wish to do it and the actual application, I find it's two totally two different things. To be honest, I probably just work just as much now and maybe no, not more than what I used to live, work in Canada. But there is one fundamental difference is it's my choice because I've created my life here in Costa Rica six or seven days a week. Nobody imposes that on me. That's the difference. And I'm really doing something that I really love and I'm passionate about. Where in, in Canada or North America, you know, you have to work as a couple, both as a couple, seven days a week to survive economically and paying taxes and so forth. So here is totally, totally different. So, you know, I came down here to adopt, I think, a healthier way of life. And... I'm working just as much, but I think it's healthier in the sense that I have the, ch the choice and the opportunity to decide how much I want to invest myself into what I'm doing. That I think is, but we have so much to learn from Costa Ricans. So when you actually, I love to talk with Costa Ricans and I, that's one of the reasons I always try to improve my Spanish skills because I find the more you speak the language, the more you get to know about the values of the culture and so forth. I really, really believe in that. And so, because there's so much that we could learn in terms of their values, in terms of how they view their community, how they view their lifestyle, how they view a lot of the things like, You know, one thing that struck me is, you know, one day we had an employee came to our place and he wanted to have like a, a glass of water. And Carolyn said, yeah, you could serve yourself. There's a glass. And so he went to the, you know, to the tap and he opened the hot water. He goes, you know, the guy's 35 years old, educated Costa Rican. He's like, what? The water's hot. And Carolyn said, yeah, of course, you open the hot water. Why? Why do you have hot water? Something so basic, because for us, it's a necessity because of the climate where we came from. It's a necessity because of culture. But Costa Ricans don't use hot water. And so it makes you rethink about a lot of the ways we do things, a lot of our values. 
Um, it makes us rethink, you know, what our values are as North Americans or people from other countries in the world. I think in, in probably in Australia is the same way. When people hear the words Costa Rica, they often picture like beautiful beaches, amazing animals. Can you share one or two of your best wildlife experiences that you've had since being here in Costa Rica? Well, one of the most fascinating, uh, I think, experiences I can think of like, like this on a spontaneous way, is there's a bird that's very not much known in Costa Rica. Excuse the English uh, form of the phrase. Uh, there's a bird that's actually called like a oropendula. Like when we talk about Costa Rica, we think about the toucan, the macaws, and, you know, the, the, the birds that we see on the posters. But this like oropendula, actually, when you translate it in English, means like gold, the golden pendulum. And I think it's one of the most fascinating and weird birds. I think it's probably one of my favorites because it actually, if people Google it, <laughs> they'll see uh, it's actually black and it's got like a yellow tail or a golden tail. And actually what it does is like it'll land on the branch and it will flip itself down. And when it flips itself down, it does a really, really weird like, uh, noise beep, 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 beep. and then so what happens is the tail rises uh, and then you see the golden part and then he just flips up and down like that on on the branch so up and down the branch so you see the golden pendulum come back up on the branch all the time and it's a beautiful bird it's really fascinating it's really weird really uh intriguing bird uh and i think it's just like it just shows like a lot of the beauties of the wildlife that we have here in Costa Rica. And, you know, I think that over and above, like, you know, the traditional howler monkey and the traditional like slots. I love slots. Don't take me wrong. I love them. But there's so much to learn. And what I find is that I've been spending a lot of time on tours doing these visits and stuff. And I find when you actually take the time to stop and just observe these animals and birds or wildlife there's so much to learn from them like also like we mentioned there's a lot to learn from costa ricans but animals have some pretty fascinating behaviors also and then when you stop and look at them and ask why is it exactly that they do that that's pretty cool you know i like i've spent a lot of time from my house my apartment just looking at the behaviors of uh birds and when they build their nests and the relationship that they have and the dynamic that they have between themselves, the papa bird with the mama bird and the relationship they have with their really close environment is really, really fascinating. And there's, they have some pretty cool values too that we tend to forget about. <laughs> it's, it's definitely one of the luxuries of living in this part of Costa Rica. You are constantly presented with wildlife. It's mm -hmm. a part of your life. You see a lot of wildlife and it's hard not to be reminded that, you know, we're part of that uh, circle of life, <laughs> Disney Absolutely. reference, but, we're, you know, we're animals too and, and there's, a, there's a humility in seeing a lot of wildlife all the time, I find for me. And, yeah, if you live in Costa Rica, even in the centre of San Jose, there's plenty of bird life. There's plenty. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've 
you know, been telling people that people, they, when they arrive to Costa Rica, a lot of them are researching the national parks. And I say, you know what? Costa Rica is a national park. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not because you go into a national park that you're necessarily going to see more wildlife. They're just all over the place. The national park is a designation for protected land, but those animals are free to go wherever they want to go. So I've had some pretty fascinating and, and intriguing moments with, with nature in Costa Rica that have been like totally out of national park and very spontaneous. Here's a story. Uh, I was visiting a farm not too far from Playa del Coco, actually, and they have goats there. And uh, this little baby monkey came from the jungle and he fell in love with the goat. And I've actually taken some pictures and videos of that. And this little baby monkey is actually hugging the goat and kissing the goat, you know, and you wonder, you know, wow, isn't that fascinating? And also another very similar moment where actually like a little baby monkey came and it was playing with two little baby, um, oh my God, what do you call them? Uh, it's raccoons. raccoons. Raccoons, yeah. Yeah, raccoons. And it's like the the baby howler believed that he was a raccoon and the baby raccoon thought he was a howler. And they were just like rolling themselves and playing and teasing each other, running after each other. I mean, you, you look at that and you go like, isn't that like fascinating or what? I mean, and it was just a spontaneous moment. I mean, I have stories like that, like, you know, like a tons of them. Um, that makes Costa Rica such a lovely place to be. And you just got to let yourself go and be open to, you know, these type of things. Yeah, because they happen when you least expect them. That's the coolest part. Like, you can't really plan anything cool happening in Costa Rica. It's, it sort of just happens sometimes. And then, yep. and then, <laughs> and then other times it doesn't. That leads um, me into your YouTube account, actually, where I watched that exact video with the mapache and the... Hello, monkey. I okay, watched that cool. video today because it is a super cool video. Yeah, no. And I was researching for this. And I'm going to link that video in the show notes page for your episode uh-huh. on, on our website. <laughs> oh, but cool. You, you have the YouTube account called Pepito Live Costa Rica. And there's, the videos are awesome, mate. Like there's one video called How to, Legally, uh, How to Work Legally in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you have 682 subscribers. Mm-hmm. Well done. Thank you. And that's like been in like four months. Yeah. Tell us about that journey a little bit into doing yeah, these so, live shows. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, what happened is I actually, so because we were on a tour company called Coast Tour and everything. So when COVID hit, just like everybody else, you know, the world <laughs> turned upside down and we're like, wow, what are we going to do? Um, and I had sort of like considered doing podcasts and that kind of stuff in the past. And it, it came through my mind, but it never materialized. And now it was like, okay, now here's COVID, lots of time. So one day I bumped into somebody who was doing on YouTube a live show. And I'm like, okay, well, I can do that. Uh, or I think I can do that. <laughs> and uh, so that's how it started. Uh, so I went on the internet, started researching, you know, like online studios and that kind of stuff. And boom, I found someone and I said to Carolyn, my wife, you know, guess what? I'm going to do a live show next week. She's like, what? <laughs> and uh, so I planned the first one and um, 
I learned the hard way. And uh, so, I, but I'm just fascinated by it. And one of the reasons is, yeah, of course, I, I love doing it. But for me, I was looking for something that I could do to stay connected because I've had like a, a huge uh, media or social media following ever since we landed in Costa Rica. Um, and so like, I'm like running, uh, also like a Facebook page, like it's called like Quebecois Costa Rica. It's French, but like, we've got like about oh, close to 7,500 members on air. So, I, we, wow. I, I, so we have a huge following. So I was looking for a way to keep people, you know, like informed and interested in Costa Rica in a positive way. Um, and so I, I thought that doing the live show was actually a very, very good fit. And, but I learned from scratch and, you know, like I, I hit the bottom, like, you know, we're like rock bottom with that, like, like a couple of times making mistakes and stuff. I even got booted off the air on my own show one time, but that's okay. That's how you learn. And it's all live. So you have to be sort of like, ready for spontaneity and stuff actually it's happened twice and uh, but i've now i've been like really uh i'm learning more like from the production level from interviewing like we mentioned earlier so now i'm thinking maybe it's gonna even after covid i think it's maybe i'm gonna transform it a little bit but i think it's there to stay actually so for those listening Go type in Pepito, Pepito Live Costa Rica into YouTube and, and you'll find the channel. We'll have it linked as well on, on the show notes page for this episode. And, yeah, great videos. Great videos as a resource for those who are looking into moving to Costa Rica or just want more information on Costa Rica and you already live here. There's plenty of good resources there. So thanks for putting the time in to make that stuff, Eves. You would have met hundreds of expats who have moved here to Costa Rica now, for some, the transition's like easy. For others, the culture shock is super intense. What advice do you have for foreigners considering Costa Rica as their new home? My advice is to keep an open mind, but also take the time. So, because I have a lot of people who actually write to me and they'll send me an email and say, you know what, we're moving to Costa Rica in two years and we want to move in such a, such a community. I said, well, have you ever been here before? No. Well, my advice is take the time to come down and take the time to explore and take the time to talk to people. Don't make a decision that even though, I mean, it's, it's tempting to move to paradise but visiting a country as a tourist and living in a country as an expat are two different experiences. So give yourself the chance to be seduced by Costa Rica by actually coming here and exploring the country. That's my advice to people. And if that doesn't do it for you when you come down, then don't move here because, <laughs> because uh, you'll pretty quickly tell whether, yeah, whether you like yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And I think another advice is, you know, try to learn the language and try to learn as much as the language as you can. You don't need to be fluent, but try to have a level of communication with the local people where, you know, you are going to have this, this bond with them. Um, I see so many people who've been living, you know, in Costa Rica for five, 10, 15, 20 years. Some people don't speak no Spanish at all. So, there are two different type of, of experiences. If you want to know more about the real Costa Rica, 
you want to have more of an interaction with the local people, well, try to learn the Spanish and, and have fun doing it also, you know, um, give yourself a chance. And Costa Ricans make it fun. They make sure that you never feel bad for making a mistake when you're learning Spanish and they'll always help you and, and teach you. And, and it's, it's just as, sometimes I feel like it's just as enjoyable uh, for Costa Ricans hearing us learning Spanish as it is for us enjoying learning it, you know, and it's, it's the best. Yeah. So for anyone listening, if you're learning Spanish or if you're nervous to speak Spanish, just, just do it, just try. And the more you try, the better you'll get because you'll fail more. And the quicker you fail more, the quicker you get better. <laughs> and then there's Spanish and then there's learning to speak Tico. So that's two different things, right? Because I mean, it's a little bit like English, English in Australia and English in England and English in Canada and English in New York. There are different languages, different expressions and stuff. So Spanish for Costa Ricans is exactly the same thing. So Spanish in Spain, Spanish in Mexico and Spanish in San Jose, the capital and Spanish in Guanacaste is totally different. So, but it is so rich of local expressions. And when you get the opportunity, if you speak the language, to understand some of these local expressions, you get to understand so much of this beautiful heritage that we have here in Costa Rica. And the, those local expressions is just endless. Yes. Everything has a local expression, whether it's the type of rain that you're experiencing on a particular day. Like there's a, there's a thousand different ways to name the style of rain because in a country that has like a six-month rainy season, you get a lot of different types of rain. You get heavy rain, you get light rain, you get, <laughs> you get downpours. You know, there's not that many words in English, but in, in, uh, in Spanish here, there's plenty. Yes, absolutely. We're going to wrap up in just a second. Eves, any last words, mate? Uh, last words? No. I mean, thank you for giving, uh, you know, me the opportunity to you know, having this discussion with you and the people listening today. It's been a pleasure for me and it's been a good opportunity to, yeah, to reflect on, on my journey also, uh, which I haven't done <laughs> for some time. So I, it was, it was a really nice, uh, experience. I really appreciate the invitation and thank you. But it's a, it's a, it is a really cool journey. I mean, I don't know if you know many people from Northern Ontario, Ontario who live here now, but you might be the only person from Timmins, I'd imagine. I believe so. Good work on pivoting when COVID came and getting out of your comfort zone to start something new. I can totally relate, obviously, <laughs> uh, with this podcast. I feel very similar with that and you're yeah the, the time you've taken today i'm really grateful as well mate so uh pura vida pura vida y muchísimo gracias amigo here's a sneak peek of the next episode this week in episode 22 we chat to samantha way a 31 year old from washington state samantha recounts the story of how she turned her passion into an income the catalyst that drove her to master the Spanish language, as well as some practical tips for anyone who plans on living in Costa Rica. I really enjoyed whitewater rafting on the Pacquari River. I have done whitewater rafting uh, before outside of Costa Rica, and I have done several in Costa Rica. You really, you just focus on like going through the rapids and having fun and like 
enjoying all the nature that's around you. If you'd like to watch the video of this episode, go to YouTube and subscribe to the Move to Costa Rica podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, please rate, review, and share it with your friends on social media. For a full list of show notes, episodes to your inbox, information on becoming a guest on the show, and how to support the show on Patreon, head to www.movetocostaricapodcast.com. Remember, new episodes are released every Thursday by 6am Costa Rica time. Thanks so much for joining us. Until next time, Pura Vida.